We're going to focus in just on one verse this morning. In fact, just a phrase from one verse. Uh, the first verse that we read, chapter 28, the book of Matthew, verse 1, starts out like this. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning. After the Sabbath. As the first day of the week was dawning, the more I read that phrase, the more I thought about that phrase, I thought, I need to rename a message. I need to call it TGIM. <laughs> you know what TGIM is? Thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Monday. TGIM. Because I realize that part of what happens in this text, the challenge, one of the challenges of this text is not that we gather together on the Sabbath to celebrate the Lord's resurrection. It's what, it's what happens after the Sabbath, on the first day of the week. I mean, what goes on then? I mean, it's great to celebrate Easter, but what's the impact of Easter? What's the continuing impact of Easter? And so this morning, I want us to think T-G-I-M and how the resurrection brings that reality to you and to me. Let's pray together today. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of this Easter morning, for the beauty and the power and the joy and, and all that's here. We thank you that you're here. And we thank you for your word for the truth it brings into our lives and for the ways that in that truth we find again that the reality of the resurrection restructures and reframes the reality of our lives. And so in that blessing, we can say T-G-I-M to the glory of God. For it's in the name of the risen Christ that we pray. Amen. For those of you who know me, or know me, uh, you know, I... And those of you who don't know me, let me share with you, I, I love music, uh, choir knows, and uh, that hymn that we sang this morning, that middle hymn, I, I love that middle hymn. I want to tell you, that middle hymn, it starts out on Good Friday. I mean, that's where it begins. Low in the grave he lay, Jesus crucified, dead, buried, low in the grave he lay. That's where the hymn meets us, Good Friday of Jesus' life. And in the Good Friday of our lives. Because I tell you, we live in a Good Friday world. We live in a world where last week at this time, when we were worshiping on Palm Sunday, there were churches who were worshiping in Egypt who were bombed. We live in a world where sarin gas is dropped on children and families, and when they're rushed to the hospital, that those hospitals are targeted. We live in a world where fire sweeps through immigration camps. We live in a world where the mother of all bombs was dropped this last week. We live in a world where the ravages of drug addiction afflict families and communities. We live in a world that you open up the paper this morning and says that there are children who are sleeping in CPS offices. We live in a Good Friday world. And I tell you, that's just the most recent news cycle. <laughs> you know, I mean, we could expand the news cycles. That's, that's like about a week. We can go beyond that. 
want to tell you, friends, when we find ourselves in a Good Friday world, the hymn says, what's happening in that world? He says, that world is waiting. That world is waiting. See, that world wonders, like, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus in all this? Is he, you know, low in the grave? You know, what's he doing low in the grave? We, we need to understand what lays Jesus low in the grave. When you and I are here this morning, we need to understand that Jesus is low in the grave because of love. Because where we suffer, there he suffers. Because where we're broken, there he's broken. Because where we are separated from each other and God, there he is separated from each from us and God. And where we die, there he dies. There is a reason Jesus is low in the grave because sometimes we find ourselves in that same low place, waiting in that place. And the hymn is beautiful. It says, waiting the coming day, waiting for a word. In an Easter, in a Good Friday world, waiting for an Easter word, and the word comes. We celebrate it on Easter. It's the word of the angel as, as the stone is rolled back from the tomb, and the angel says, he's not here. And it's the eternal word, the one that became flesh and dwelt among us and now comes in glory. He is risen, and so we gather, and we celebrate an Easter world word in a Good Friday world. That life has triumphed over death, that love has overcome hate, that hope, that hope is triumphant over despair. Up from the grave, he arose, a mighty triumph over his foes. We're here today to, to celebrate that. It's a beautiful thing. There's a sermon by a pastor named S.M. Lockridge. Happened uh, about a generation ago or so. I just want to quote just a little bit of the sermon. The sermon's called It's Friday, but Sunday's coming, and it captures up the dynamic. And it starts out like this You know, it's Friday, and the disciples are running, and Mary is crying, and Peter is denying. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. It's Friday. They nail his hands. They raise him up. He cries forsaken. He gives up his spirit. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. The soldiers stand guard. A rock is rolled into its place. It's Friday, but what? Sunday. Sunday's coming. Got it. Good. It's Friday. The world is winning and people are sinning and evil is grinning. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but let me tell you something. Sunday is coming. Sunday's coming. That's why we're here today, because Sunday has come. Because the hallelujah has come, because Jesus has risen. It's Sunday, and we are here, and what a blessing. But I want to tell you something, friends. That sermon has a sequel, and the sequel's name is this. It's Sunday, but you know what? Monday. Monday's coming. <laughs> That's right. It is Sunday, but Monday's coming. And on Monday, when we're low in the bed, and we're waiting the coming day, the question becomes, when we find ourselves in that place, and we know we're going we're kinda, gonna to rise up into this Good Friday world in which we live, can we say, T-G-I-M, thank God, it's Monday.
say that? And I'll tell you, that's a challenge. And you know it. I mean, when's the last time you said that? Anybody say that on a regular basis? Like, God, it's my soul. I love you. We don't. We, oh, it's a challenge. We, we all know it's a challenge. We know that. And the scriptures say it really becomes a challenge because here's what begins to happen. That there are soldiers, and according to the scripture this morning, there are soldiers whose job it is to make sure that Good Friday stays Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. There are soldiers on guard whose job it is to make sure that Jesus stays in the grave and is not resurrected. And so that reality never impacts our lives. And you know the name of those soldiers. You've got your soldiers, and I've got my soldiers. I want to invite you to name your soldiers. I tell you, the captain of the guard, the captain of the guard is your biggest problem. Can you name your biggest problem? You're a soldier on guard. The sergeant at arms, the sergeant at arms is your biggest temptation. Can you name that soldier? And the general in command is your greatest fear. You can name the soldiers, and I can name my soldiers. I want to tell you, they are on guard. They are on guard so that when we lay in that bed and we look at those soldiers, we think, you know, man, oh man, I don't know if I can say T-G-I-M. And so we, pro- we approach the day after the Sabbath, we approach the day, first day of the dawning, we, we approach just like Mary and the other Mary approached that first day. We come wondering, I mean, what's going to happen with the soldiers? The soldiers in your life, the soldiers in my life who have a job to keep Jesus in the grave to make sure that the Good Friday world stays the Good Friday world. What's going to happen with them? And what's going to happen with the bigger question? Can resurrection really alter my reality? You know? And, and so we approach Monday the same way the women did. And as they approached that day, what we read in the scripture is we read that the soldiers and the question, that big rock question, the soldiers are like dead men, it says. And it says that the rock is rolled away. And, and what it begins to say is that, you know, the decisive difference that's going on here on Easter is not that all those soldiers, you know, they're there. Yes, they're there. And Good Friday is there. Yes, it's there. But into the middle of a Good Friday world, we have a risen Savior, and he's in the world today. I mean, that's the difference. The difference is, you know, that God has made a decision. Easter's about God's choice. It's about God's decision to raise up his son. To raise up his son in ways that that resurrection begins to alter the reality in which you and I live. And that's God's choice. And so what we have the privilege to do when it comes to Monday is start to make our choice within the context of God's choice. God has said, T-G-I-M. And so maybe I can say it too. Maybe you can say it too. And I tell you, I think about saying it. I know you think about saying it. But I want to tell you something. It's still a tough choice. It's still a tough choice because when we're reading the scripture this morning, what happens is that there was, there's some folks 
who as they look at resurrection, as they think about the whole concept of resurrection, they think about, you know, what, you know, what is that like? And they don't understand it. It's outside of our, you know, our, our box, you know, and our understanding of things. What they do is they look at that. They say, you know what? I don't get it. I don't understand it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to dismiss it. I'm going to explain it away. I'm going to act like, you know, really, since I don't get it, I'm just going to act like it really didn't happen. And that was the religion. That, that was the religious people in the scripture this morning. These <laughs> the religious guys that do this. And what they do is they come along and they say to, you know, the soldiers report, this is what we experienced. And they say to the soldiers, look, you know, we don't get it and we don't believe it. And so here's the deal. You tell everybody that it was stolen. That that's the story. He was stolen. I, you know, I can't imagine we come here on Easter Sunday morning. Let's have the responsive breathing. He is stolen. He is stolen indeed. You know, no, <laughs> that's not what we do. You know, that's not where we go. We, we all know that. You know, it, it happens that. But the religious, you know, they just couldn't wrap their minds around it, and so they had to make up this other story. He was stolen. And I want to tell you, friends, it, it, that's not, that doesn't just happen back, way back when. That even happens today. Because resurrection is still beyond our understanding. It's still a miracle of God. It's still something we can't fit in our box. And, and so since we can't fit in our box, it is the temptation to say, you know what? Since I can't understand it, I'm just going to explain it away. I'm just going to act like it's not there. I'm going to ignore it. And maybe if I ignore it and explain it away, maybe it won't, really, really won't be there. I mean, that's what they were hoping. It really wasn't there. But, you know, maybe it really won't be there. You know, it, it's, it's okay to wonder about the resurrection. It's okay to question about the resurrection. It's even okay to doubt about the resurrection. You read through the scriptures, and disciples did all those things. What really is not okay in the scriptures is to ignore the resurrection. It's to kind of pretend that somehow this reality didn't even hit the radar screen. You know? At least you got to grapple with it. I mean, what it says is that what they're saying is, you know what? We, as those who would be part of the story, need to begin to embrace the resurrection and, it, and its reality. Because the, you know, the, again, the religious leaders, they came to those soldiers and they said, here's, you know, tell everybody you're stolen. And the other story they wanted to have circulated is, you know what? Tell everybody you were asleep. You know, friends, I tell you, we don't want to be telling people that we're asleep when God is moving in the world. We don't want to be telling people we're asleep when the power of the resurrection is moving in the world. We don't want to tell people that we're asleep when it's life and love that are the things that are going to shape the life of the world. We don't want to tell people, hey, we're sleeping on that, you know, because as a church, that means we're sleeping on the job, you know. What happens is... We want to be alive to all of that. And that's what happens with the women. See, that, they tell a different story. They come to that tomb. When they come to that tomb and they see that hole, what they see in that hole is not a dead end. What they see in that hole is an opening. And it is an opening for the moving and the working of God in their lives. And they begin to embrace that and they enter in. They enter into Easter in a way that what they begin to find is, he's not here, he's risen. Come and see where he lay and then go tell the disciples and go tell them that he's risen and, and go tell them to go to Galilee and there you'll see him. And that they're invited to enter in. And when they enter in, what happens is Easter begins to shape every day. 
The reality of the resurrection begins to alter their reality, and so they go. And they go in a way that they begin to understand. It's a new day. It's a T-G-I-M kind of a day. It's a day where they understand, and we're invited to understand that life has the last word. That death is done, that life has the last word. You know, my family, every year we make a pilgrimage down south to go to the beach, and, and that's where my wife's folks live. And so we would go down and visit with grandmother and, and poppy, and we'd be with them, and then we'd you know, visit together, have a good time, and then we'd go off to the beach. And I tell you, we still make that pilgrimage, except now when we visit grandmother and poppy, we visit them under an oak tree. As we visit them under that oak tree and we look at that headstone, you know, we're there, and I think, you know what, I remember all those good times. But I think to myself, you know what? The words of the scripture come back, came back. They are not here. They're not here. They're risen. See, the words of the scripture are given to us so we might say those words in relation to others. They're not here. They're risen. They are risen indeed. Thanks be to God. You know? See, the resurrection alters our reality. Resurrection brings a new day. We begin to understand that you can't kill love. You cannot kill God's love. No matter what we do, no matter what happens, God's love is always at work. God's love is always at work. Forgiving, healing, lifting, strengthening, encouraging, leading to God's love is always at work, raising us to a newness of life. That's what resurrection is about. You can't kill the love. The love's always at work. Raising me, raising you to a newness of life. And so the scripture this morning says with the women, hey, come and see, come and experience that. And then go and tell, go and share that. So it's an experience and express in a way that we live in this dynamic. And as we live in this dynamic of motive and message, and we begin to find that, that yes, indeed, as we live in that way, that the third thing comes into play. That even as the message was given to the women, that they were... Women said to the disciples, go to Galilee, there you'll see him, that we have that opportunity to get glimpses, glimpses of the way the risen Christ is in my life and your life today. Because, you, you know, Galilee is where those disciples, it's where they grew up, where they lived, where they worked, you know, where their families were where they did everyday life. And so when the angel says to the women and the women say, you know, go to the Galilee and tell the disciples to go to Galilee, they'll listen to Jesus. They're basically saying to the disciples, you go out into everyday life and you live life in a way that you believe in the resurrection and his power and the way it reframes life. And you know what will begin to happen? You'll begin to get a sense of the presence of Jesus and it's cumulative. You live and you love and you serve and you give and what happens is cumulative grows. And you begin to see and you begin to know that they're in Galilee. They're in your everyday life. They're in my everyday life. We'll see them. Easter is in every day. See what happens? The resurrection begins to alter reality. And, and the scripture this morning ends, I think it ends in an interesting way. Uh, you know, you've heard of fake news. Have y'all heard of fake news? It's pretty, uh, it's, it's the latest thing, fake news. Well, that's the way the scripture ends this morning, it's fake news. It says that the, the leaders come along and they say to the soldiers, they say, hey, you go out, 
We want you to circulate this story. It says the story is circulated till this day. You know? And so what you got floating around here is you got two stories. I have two stories. One's the story of the women or the soldiers. One's the story of the women. One's the story of Friday. One's the story of Sunday. And the question is, what story are you and I going to believe on Monday? We got the story of Friday. We got the story of Sunday. What story are you and I going to believe on Monday? The day after the Sabbath, the first day of dawning the week, when low in the bed we lay, and we await the coming day. My friends, what starts running through my mind, what starts running through your mind? When we're about to get up, we're about to rise up, here's what I invite you to think. He is risen. He's risen. What's the answer? Good. Let's try it again. I slipped that in on you. I know it's kind of, uh, all right, all right. He's risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. Amen. That's Monday morning, friends. That's T-G-I-M. Let's go and live that grace. Go and give that grace. Go and live as a resurrection people. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your scripture, for your word, for the ways that it shapes our lives, for your resurrection, for the way it restructures our reality, for the ways you invite us to get a sense of your risen presence in each and every moment of life in ways that we might truly know love, life, hope, joy, peace, all it means to claim you as our Savior and as our Lord. For it's in your risen name that we pray.